Good afternoon. Welcome to Community Focus. I'm Tess Taylor. My guests today are Police Chief John Davis with the City of Brainerd, and also we have Jennifer Bergman here. She is the Brainerd City Administrator. Welcome to Community Focus. Thanks, Tess. Great to be here. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Let's start with you, Jennifer. I know you wanted to uh, do a little recap here. We recently had Governor Tim Walls in town uh, touring some facilities. Tell us about how that went. We did. It was actually kind of a whirlwind. We got a call on Monday last week. Um, from the governor's office Mm -hmm. asking if he could stop by at 10.30 on Wednesday morning to take a look at our water plant. So we had about 48 hours, maybe a little less than that, to uh, plan for a visit from the governor of Minnesota. Mm -hmm. So as I've mentioned before, the state or the city of Brainerd was successful in getting $5 million in state bonding funds. And that was for phase two of our water treatment plant updates. Phase one, and if you've been down by Kiwanis and Rotary Riverside Park, you may have noticed that there were two old blue water storage tanks. We have taken those down Mm -hmm. and replaced them with a new water storage tank. Well, phase two is a backwash system. Currently, our system uses about 41 million gallons of water annually to backwash and so this phase two was incredibly important to replace that with another system that way we reduce the amount of water that we're using to backwash Mm -hmm. and then also we're draining that water into a pond next to the water storage tanks. So um, again, state bonding funds, $5 million. So on June 7th, Governor Walls uh, stopped by. We started at uh, City Hall in council chambers, mm-hmm. um, welcomed the governor, and we went from there to the water plant okay. where he got to see firsthand what those state bonding funds are going to do here in the city of Brainerd. Nice. Really great to have him in greater Minnesota and recognize the needs mm-hmm. um, in greater Minnesota, not just in the metro. But in Greater Minnesota, we have needs as well. We also made a stop at the NP Center to look at the Cuyuna State Trail extension. We were not funded for that, Mm -hmm. um, but are encouraged to resubmit an application. There you go. (laughs) So fingers crossed on that. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Well, good to see that. And and like you said, for him to come up here and and check that out, that's really cool. So excellent. And I know, of course, summer means road construction season and the city of Brainerd, oh, it's all over the place. Oh, you know, we'll just start out right off the bat by apologizing. (laughs) I mean, it is always rough during construction. For those of you living in North Brainerd, that project continues. Um, We may even be a little ahead of schedule. (gasps) The section by the hospital has been completed. Oh, good. And so now we're working on Juniper from 4th to 7th, and then 6th from Juniper to Washington. We're hoping that will be completed by the end of June, and then we'll be on to phase three in North Brainerd. And that's... uh, North 7th from Kingwood to Holly and Juniper from 7th to 10th. Okay. So check. There's one. That's good. Second one, um, if you've had to travel down Oak Street, um, you have noticed that there is a detour. Um, We have started our Safe Routes to School project. That's right. Um, You know, making sidewalks and safer for kids to be able to walk to school. Um, The detour is up right now, and that's using 14th, Norwood, and 17th as the alternative route. Mm -hmm. Um, We hope that this project will be finished by the end of July. And again, I just want to stress, I know this has been frustrating for a lot of people, um, especially with the bridge on 25 that MnDOT is also doing. That's right. Um, And just a reminder, the detour for 25 is actually... Actually, Feci Road, we would recommend highly that people just avoid Oak. 
Ah, gotcha. Okay. So anyway, just don't use Oak Street. Uh, (laughs) Save yourself a lot of headaches. And then also, last but not least, we're repainting the crosswalks in downtown. Oh, nice. So you'll see fresh new blue paint. Blue paint. They're doing the blue. Yes, we are. That adds so much character to the city. Sure does. And then we'll stamp the water tower. Perfect. Yeah. Love it. All right. Uh, Also in the news lately, uh, alcohol in the parks, no alcohol in the parks. Alcohol in the parks, no alcohol in the parks. What's the status as it sits right now, Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) Right? Yeah, it does, actually. So it ended with alcohol in the parks. Okay. Some of the parks, right? That's exactly right. (laughs) Some of the parks at the June 5th City Council meeting, they did adopt the ordinance to allow alcohol in certain parks within the city that's for sale or consumption Mm -hmm. just a reminder only for sale can be done if you have a license a liquor license that has to be issued via the city through the state so you know not anybody can just set up and and sell alcohol you have to have a liquor license okay um just probably the easiest thing to do is where alcohol is not allowed at what parks so buster dog park gustafson Hitch Wayne, the Mississippi River Landing at Evergreen, mm-hmm. and then Trailside Park, um, which is actually not even developed. That's right. over on Beaver Dam and Wise, mm-hmm. and then Triangle Park. Those are the these are those are the parks. And it was important to the council to have some parks that were alcohol free yeah. for families. Yep, that's yeah. great. That's that's a fair trade right there. So very good. And also, we saw recently he, here the opening of the Lyman P. White Park, and this is going to be such an asset to the city, and in fact, the area if you think about it oh and it's beautiful Mm -hmm. and if you have not had the opportunity i would strongly encourage people to just go down there walk around there's a beautiful overlook you can look right out on the mississippi river Hmm. um we did kick off our our new park with a grand opening and a ribbon cutting on june 3rd uh thought it was a great event bruce archer and dos guys were there performing in the amphitheater love it and then um Again, picnic tables, trails, just absolutely gorgeous park. Mm-hmm. Go sit. I've driven by there. I've seen people in the underneath the the pavilion sitting there enjoying their lunch. So we really encourage people to get out and use that park. So are there performances there now scheduled already for this summer? And is there a schedule set already that people can check out? You know what? I Go to our website okay. um, to see what programs will be coming up. And again, if anybody is interested in reserving that, we also, you can reserve that amphitheater. Feel free to give us a call. We'd be happy to awesome. listen and see what you would like to do there. I'm guilty. I haven't been down there to see it yet. Need to get there. Absolutely. Uh, you've got some other uh, things to talk about here too today, Jennifer. Uh, the name a truck. We're doing that again, huh? We are. <laughs> so we did retire one of our plow trucks. Cousin Eddie was the name of the plow <laughs> truck that recently got retired. And so we're once again taking nominations. Okay. So if you have a great idea or a great name mm-hmm. for our newest plow truck, uh, you can go to our, the city's website, the city's Facebook page, okay. submit your nominations. Um, ultimately, the council will narrow that down and uh, there will be a voting for that final name. So stay tuned. Uh, we're taking nominations for that, I think, until June 20th. So Okay. Yeah. You know, plow trucks not exactly on the front of our mind at this time of year, but make it count. Your, you know, your submission could end up on a truck. It sure could. It's fun. All right. So, yeah. city's website for more information. Yep. And now, before we formally introduce uh, Chief Davis, let's talk about who's who has left and who is coming in. So, <laughs> Chief Mike Bestel retired on mm-hmm. June second, um, and I just want to say how grateful the city of Brainerd is for Chief Bestel and mm-hmm. his 
over 20 years working for the city of Brainerd and the last two, two and a half years as our police chief. He's made a lasting impact on the city of Brainerd, Mm -hmm. and we are just so lucky to have had Chief Bestel uh, working on behalf of the city and really has done amazing things with the police department. And upon his exit, too, did he not receive the Tower Award here in the city? He sure did. At the June 5th City Council meeting, we honored him with the Tower Award and always a nice thing to present to a long-term employee so absolutely yeah great but I'm really excited (laughs) today to introduce Chief John Davis who took the reins on June 3rd Mm -hmm. and so we are you know again another long-term city employee uh glad to have him step up into the chief's position formerly was our deputy chief and sergeant prior to that excellent well congratulations thank you welcome I feel very to the, honored yeah welcome to the top spots yeah. love that and you're already off and running with a number of things too are you not yeah uh exciting things going on not only within the department but within our community and specifically towards uh mental health and yes. how we're approaching that mm-hmm. and uh In 2022, um, we started a collaborative program with Northern Pines Mobile Crisis Outreach and Crow and County Community Services. Um, And a co-responder approach to mental health crisis that uh, law enforcement gets called to. Crowing County Community Services hired a full-time law enforcement liaison Mm -hmm. social worker, commonly referred to as an embedded social worker. Yeah. and they are um, co-responding with officers, getting on the forefront of some of the, the mental health crisis calls um, we respond to. For so many years, um, we've been the first phone call, inappropriately so. Yep. But when we respond, our, our resources are limited. Sometimes it's later at night where resources are very limited. And also, um, you know, limitations with our expertise. You know, Mm -hmm. we have extensive training in dealing with mental health crises, but we are not mental health practitioners. Right. So um, how this model works now is when we receive a a call for assistance for mental health, whether it's a chronic or an acute crisis, uh, we will respond with a mental health practitioner from Northern Pines Mobile Crisis Outreach, and also this embedded social worker. Mm -hmm. And what that has done is it's um, it's put the the most appropriate resource instantly available to the the family or the individual. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, let's be honest, not always um, is it comforting when someone with a gun and badge shows up. Right. And now they're in their bedroom asking you about personal private things. Mm -hmm. So we've seen that we've had the opportunities to respond, you know, assure that everyone within the household is safe, Mm -hmm. and then take a step back and have the mental health practitioners and mm. the, the social worker kind of take the lead on that and kind of uh, help diffuse maybe a little bit absolutely. as needed yeah absolutely and it's also allowed us to a lot of times just then be able to leave and allow them to stay there and manage it where yeah. before that we would sometimes you know occupy several hours trying wow. to navigate through this crisis going on mm-hmm. and uh, so it, it's r- really been great um, you know both Northern Pines and Crowing County have been wonderful um, to work with. They always have been strong partners of ours, but yeah. they've really stepped it up uh, with the hiring of the 
the first embedded social worker and the, the county board recently approved hiring a second one. Great. So Crow Wing County Board's been very supportive of this. And then, you know, also Northern Pines just opened up the the Emergency. mental health yeah. or urgent care. Yeah. Um, wonderful resource too. So, mm-hmm. so many things that we've been wishing for for so many years yeah. is really um, coming about here and we're excited. That's good. And I think there have been so many initiatives about bringing mental health and the importance of taking care of mental health and recognizing mental health issues over, you know, it, it may not be a criminal, it's somebody who's experiencing a crisis. Right. It can be a whole different scenario how it's handled. So it's really neat that they, they've got that going. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing. So, well, that's good. Continued success with that. And um, other things too that are going on right now, John. Yeah. So, you know, we sometimes focus on the needs of others and how we can help those in the community. Yes. And for so many years, I think law enforcement profession is not looked at themselves um, and officers' health mm-hmm. like they should. And, you know, there's been an increased recognition that we can best serve others if we're healthy ourselves. Yeah, we moms hear that too sometimes, right? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah. That's cool, though. So we're, we're right now looking at a, uh, an officer wellness program, and mm. we're working with a local mental health practitioner on implementing uh, a new wellness program. And what that looks like is, uh, every officer in our department, uh, once a year, they would go in and speak with a mental health professional. Mm-hmm. However, that initial visit isn't just a therapy session. It's mm-hmm. really looking at every aspect of their life, looking at their physical health, their mental health, uh, nutrition, sleep, wow. work-life balance. Um, just having a visit about that. Mm-hmm. And it from there, it's possible that that could evolve into maybe, you know, some other sessions. Maybe something is identified that they need to work a little bit in on their life and maybe continue a relationship with that practitioner yeah. and works on some of those specific things. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, it, it's been something that's been growing nationwide. And, uh, you know, when you look at um, divorce rates within law enforcement, alcoholism, suicide mm-hmm. rates, um, mortality rates, uh cardiovascular disease, diabetes. Yeah. Um, the profession hasn't always been the healthiest profession. Right, a little bit high stress. For, I for a lot of different yeah. reasons. So it's, yep. And we've always had resources that were somewhat reactive for officers when there's a stressful mm. situation after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, resources to reach out, but we're looking to get more proactive and okay. get get healthier on the front end versus just maybe dealing with the tragedy Mm -hmm. after the fact. And I don't think a lot of people realize, you know, they don't, they're not stepping out of themselves to realize this, the stuff that many officers go through. I mean, there's a lot of PTSD issues that, you know, can affect the officers and things that you don't talk about. You know, it's not like you go around talking about the things that your eyes see every single day that the average Joe doesn't. We just see what's on the news and that kind of thing. But I think that's awesome that, and to be proactive instead of just simply reactive is great thing. That's great that they're doing that. For Wonderful. Sure. All right. And uh, we were talking to about uh, active threat training available here to Lake Area. Let's talk about that. Yes. So um, <clears throat> for a while now, we've had a couple instructors, a couple officers within our department that are active threats of violence instructors. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we talk about active threats of violence, it's the unfortunate 
stories we hear on the news, whether it's within a school or a workplace or a church. Mm -hmm. So we have a couple officers that are trainers, and we've been doing this for a while, but I just wanted to, you know, remind the community, those in the city of Brainerd, uh, of this training that we offer. It's a couple-hour training. The Mm -hmm. officer will go out speak with uh, a business, a church, we're already working with the schools, provide a couple hours of education as far as how those in that workplace, in that church, if unfortunately they're, you know, uh, an act of violence is brought Mm -hmm. upon them in their building, how to respond, but then also look at their look at their building, look at their facility, and oh. uh, give some suggestions as far as, you know, exits and strategy and safe places to go. And mm-hmm. so um, any business church um, entity really within the city of Brainerd, um, if that's something that's interesting to them, I ask them to reach out to us and we would love and come and share our some of our expertise with them. That's cool too. Yeah. Lots of good stuff that's going on. It is. That's wonderful. Good stuff. All right. Well, John, anything else that you wanted to add? Uh, no, I, I appreciate the opportunity being able to speak here today. Yeah. And, yeah. Glad you could make it. We appreciate yeah, you. you taking the time to be here. And Jennifer, anything else you need to add? What's going on with the city of Brainerd? Oh, I could take up, you know, a couple hours <laughs> of your time, but we're limited. But thank you, Tess. We always appreciate the opportunity to share what we're what's happening in the city of Brainerd. It's our pleasure. Yeah. Thank you guys both so thank much. You. We Thanks. appreciate you. Once again, my guest today with the City of Brainerd, City Administrator Jennifer Bergman and Police Chief John Davis. I'm Tess Taylor. That's today's edition of Community Focus. Don't forget you can listen to Community Focus anytime on our website at 1067wjjy.com. You can also listen through our free downloadable app, which is powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.